Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 192. We're back from a little bit of an off-season break here. We had to push the reset button for a little bit. This is your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe back with you in the middle of the off-season. Not much going on. You know, Rich, we went through a crazy four-month period, I would say, where it was just, you couldn't even keep up with all the news that was going on surrounding the National National Predators. We've gone from one extreme to another. Now it's nothing. Crickets. Tumbleweeds. Well, well, UC Saros got married. That's That's important news. That's one one good thing. Let's just spend the next hour talking about UC Saros getting married and how cool his dogs are. Yeah, he's got some very pretty dogs. Two very we different dogs. Whole, we can make a whole episode out of that, honestly. Yeah, I mean... But people who, might who, get bored, but... Who wouldn't like to talk about UC Saros? Exactly. That was he's really cool favorite. to see, for sure. But yeah. for the most part, we're in the dead part of the offseason, as we all know yeah. here. We're taking a breather. We're um, a little... We're about two and a half months away from the regular oh, season opener. We'll have, uh, we'll have training camp firing up in September. So he's still got a ways to go. 77 days. Back. Yeah. 77. Oh, Rich, Rich has it down to the number. <laughs> well, the, the Predators social media put a picture of Luke Evangelista today and said 77 days until, until the season. Mm, so That hurts. That hurts me a little bit, man. It feels like a long time. That's for sure. So, Rich, how you been doing, man? We Like I said, we've been off for about two weeks now. Uh, haven't done an episode together for a while. It's good to see you, man. Hope you're doing yeah, you good. Happy to have you back. We're yep. going to dive into the Preds hockey. I got to say, man, it's so hot down here. I feel like I live on the surface of the sun, but apparently that's happening everywhere in the country well, right now. So I'm, <laughs> it's not even, I'm, it's not exclusive to Florida. It's like the whole country. Yeah. Well, it's hot here. I can't imagine what it's like in Florida. It's, I mean, it's, it's hot it's here, but muggy. I can't imagine what they're going through in like Arizona, like mm-hmm. Arizona Coyotes country, which I got a hot take about the Arizona Coyotes. Uh-oh. I can't wait to share that later in this episode. Oh, yeah. I love that. But yeah, love heat the hot wave take. all across the country, but we're going to try to cool you off a little bit here. Hope you're in the AC. If you're listening yep. on the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast right now. We hope you're driving around in the AC, really cooled off in this heat wave we got going on here across the country. Think about the watching first time, live on. Think about the first time you walked into Bridgestone Arena and walked into oh, see that ice. How nice and cool uh, it was out. Oh man, Rich, you're hurting me right now, Love man. Because we're so far away from it. I know, but just you got it. You got that to look forward to, man. It's so good. First of all, I will be at the home opener, or no, the season opener, not season home opener. opener. Season opener, Pret. 
Preds play at the Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like the hockey gods did me a favor. That's pretty awesome, actually. And it's and it's on TV as well. I'm so going to be hype for cool. that. And you know, that I've made plenty cool. of friends down here who are Lightning fans. Most of them have no issue with me being a Predators fan. It's that's not cool. a rivalry or anything like not that. Not a threat. But <laughs> I've been asked by a lot of people, um, so who are you going to – what kind of – I'm like, are you asking me this question? What yeah. What jersey am I going to be wearing? Is that a real yeah. question? What kind of question like, is that? Please bring me back a realistic question because oh I'm going to be wearing a Preds jersey. It's not going to – like, it's not even a thought. Yes. I cannot so, wait to be there. It's, it's going to be, be awesome. a lot of fun. October 10th. Definitely yes, so that, in. That's cool. I might take the day off and watch all the games or something. I don't oh, know. yeah. It's going to be cool, man. So I'm excited about that. Anyway. We got a ways to go. So here's what we got in store for you. It's episode 192 of Catfish and Ice. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We really appreciate it. If you're watching live, comment. Let us know how you're feeling. We got our friend Shashkatooth Tiger jumping in. Hi, oh. guys. How's this, how's this going? My name's Andrew, by Andrew. the way. Have I not said no, we did not know. We didn't know your name. We did, we just knew you knew you by Shashkatu Tiger, which we love that name. But Andrew's great too. Now you're in the inner circle. So are you are you Andrew Burnett by chance? Probably Ooh, not. Probably but not. either way, well, we love having you. That would be amazing. It's not Andrew Burnett's burner account. Maybe. What if it was? That would be so cool. Oh my gosh! All How right. can we find that out? Welcome, Andrew. We appreciate you always tuning into the podcast. Let's hope we get a few more people in on this live episode here as we're back. Let's tell you what we're getting into. So we have this big thing we've been planning for a few weeks since we've been off. We're doing the t- we're do- we're counting down our top twenty players in Preds history, going all the way back to nineteen ninety eight up into the current Ooh. roster. And, you know, even for a team as young as the Predators are in hockey terms, it is really hard to narrow down a list of 20 players. Let me just tell you. I mean, you can rattle off like 10 just right now. So, yeah, having to go back that but far. But to rank them, it's one, thing to, them. To, it's one thing to name 20 players. It's a whole other thing to rank them. It's true. To put, one, to put one ahead of the other, to make an argument, this player should be behind that. I pulled my hair out. What little hair I have left, I'm wearing a hat tonight. Yep. But either way, I think everyone knows that they watched this podcast before. I have no hair, but I pulled out a little bit of it just doing this list. So we're gonna do twenty to eleven tonight, yep. and then episode one ninety three, we will do the top ten. Top ten. Rich yes. is going to critique my list. Yep. We thought and two lists would be too many, so we're gonna just it would be work, off, work off Chad's list. Rich, Chad, Rich is gonna judge. Like, Rich is Rich yeah. is gonna judge my list. Yeah, and and to be honest, once it gets past back uh, 2016 and back, I'm useless almost. I can. But I can you name know like about the players. Mike You've been following Fisher and you know uh, Thomas. You've Bokin been following the team long enough to know the to three, know the greats. Uh, yeah, I know all I know the, the greats. greats. Yeah, so but. Yeah. After we get through the the top 20 list, the first half of that, we are going to dish out some insane predictions. If you've listened to this podcast in the past, Mm -hmm. you know that we like to toss around that term. Me and Rich both like to use that word all the time if we're talking about a game, if we're talking about something a player did. Yeah. We say the word insane. We use that a lot for UC Soros. 
We use that a lot for uh, a lot of our favorite players. And yeah. we use that in a positive way. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's insane that I said that the Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup last year. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> that wasn't insane. No, it wasn't. Y- y- you had a lot of people that agreed with you on that. And and, yeah. and it's just the Maple mm. Leafs doing the Maple Leafs things. This Maple Leafing. Yep, for sure. Yeah, they're just Maple Leafing. But yep. um, we got some insane predictions. Me and Rich both are going to throw out some insane predictions for the Preds 2023-24. I've also got a, a another hockey gener- in general insane prediction for that. Then. Awesome. We're bringing back Explain Yourself. Me personally, um, I threw out a tweet regarding Mr. Philip Tomasino. They got all the the pitchforks came after me. Oh, man. Um, I thought I was going to have to delete my account, man. I felt famous there for a second with all the uh, mentions and all the notifications. People I've never even spoken to were coming after me like I was the next spawn of Satan. Some people we hate may have spoken to. Um, yeah. It was, so don't, here's I what I that. learned. Here's what I learned from that. Don't ever say anything remotely negative about Philip Tomasino. No. And I will explain myself on that tweet. Cause I wasn't even really saying anything negative about Philip Tomasino. I'll get nothing, to nothing, but that's the we'll whole point. That's the whole point of explain yourself is gotta, you gotta, exp- you gotta explain I, some takes that you had. I gotta tell you, I almost jumped in, I almost jumped into that argument, but I was like, you know what? I can't do it. Chad's a, Chad's a big boy. He can take care of himself. I don't blame you. Because it's because I knew what would happen. I don't happen, blame you. So, yeah. I don't blame you. It, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. And we People can't call it Twitter it. anymore. Now it's called X, which oh, just yeah. feels well, so I'm, dirty. It feels I think so I'm probably dirty. still going to call it Twitter. but Yeah, we're just going to call it Twitter. But <laughs> you can go to uh, threads. Let's go to threads. Uh, just make I heard a thread. that was not good either. I don't have the energy nor the no. desire to put in any effort to start nope. another social media page. Like if Twitter nope. dies, I die with it. I think yeah, that's kind of how I feel about yeah. it. There's All Facebook. Right. Um, we know how that is too. So yeah. So here we are. And then we are gonna round out episode 192 with a new segment. So we're retiring battle for the central. Yeah. A lot of work. So, again, <laughs> all of our listeners who have made it through the first 191 episodes, first of all, thank you so much. We love you so We much. love you. Especially this person. We are retiring Battle for the Central, which is where me and Rich both um, sweated out every week to rank the Central Division as the season goes on. Yeah. You should go back and listen to some of those episodes where me and oh, him yeah. are trying to rank these teams as the season progresses. It's hysterical. So hard. It's so hard. It's, that, yeah, it's hard. Tough to do that. We're retiring that segment. We're no longer going to do the power rankings throughout the season of the Central Division because that's just like insane. We're going to bring that word back in there. Yeah. It's we insane. are going to do a new segment, and we're going we're gonna to start it tonight, but we're really going to do it regularly during the 2023-24 season and it's going to be called the the central division rundown yes the central rundown news from the central we'll do we'll hit the top storylines around the division every week 
during the season. And we're going to do that tonight with a couple major storylines going on around the Central Division here during the offseason. Yep. So that's what we got in store for you, Rich, and oh, our amazing listeners. We've got Lindsay joining in. We love Hello. to see you, Lindsay. I haven't talked to seen Lindsay in a while. All right, so Rich, are you ready for this? We are going to go ahead and get into our top 20 here. Let's see. I'm going to guess. Number 20 is Corbini and Holzer. No? Lucas Pisa. Lucas Pisa. Pisa. (laughs) You put that on a T for me. I know. Actually, we should give Lucas Pisa some props because he's provided many good jokes on the podcast. But anyway. On I would love to get that. Down. I would love to get Lucas Pisa on the podcast. I wish his DMs were open. Yeah. Because he'd probably be like, I, he know, would be, I know who you people are making fun of me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, if I could get him on yeah, the podcast, maybe. it would, it would probably be our best episode we have ever done. Pretty, pretty. But similar. here's number 20. If everybody can see it. 20. Hmm. Good old toots. Rich is already mad about my list. I don't know. Didn't take very long. Not mad. I'm not mad. Not mad. I just would have thought he'd be a little higher, but that's okay. I. He's a bad man. I got. I got Jordan Tutu at number twenty. Let me go ahead and take the the header off here, so you can actually read it. There you go. Jordan Tutu is number twenty, and it was really hard for me to even figure out who number 20 was. That's how hard yeah. this list was. I mean, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of memorable players for sure. Jordan Tutu was really coming up with this team mm-hmm. when this team was blue collar, was figuring out a way to win in the playoffs, had no respect around the NHL as being a legitimate threat to do anything other yep. than maybe making the first round. And you've got Jordan Tutu, who is an outstanding human being off the ice. But let's just talk about what he did on the ice first. Punched faces. Punched faces. Leads franchise in penalty minutes all time. He leads the Preds franchise with 725 penalty minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rich, I got a trivia question for you. Who is the next closest... Active, active is the key word here. Preds player to Jordan Tutu in penalty minutes. Active. He's got to be playing for the Predators right now. So you can't say Mark Borowiecki. That was going to be my guess. You can't say Lucas Pisa. You guys, they're on the roster right now going into next season. Who's Um, next closest to Jordan Tutu in penalty minutes? Is it um, Yakov Trennan? No. No. Is it somebody This might. Surprise, surprise people here because the player that's next closest to Jordan Tutu is actually relatively tame. He doesn't wow. really get into all that stuff. It is know. Roman Yossi. <laughs> Never in a million years would I have guessed that. Roman wow. Yossi is the next closest in penalty minutes in franchise wow. history on the Preds list here. He is at mm. 14th. With 336 wow. penalty minutes. Yeah. So my guess is Jordan Tutu's reign of being the most penalty minutes of Preds history is safe for a while. Unless safe they for a 
unless they pull the trigger on some enforcer person <laughs> again. And a lot of those pen- a lot of those penalty minutes that Jordan Tutu had were the five minute major variety. He got in a lot of fights. I mean, he get- was a yeah. Yeah. He was an agitator. He was. Yeah. And he if brought you, energy. He yeah. brought energy to the arena. He, and he actually had a pretty good shot. I don't know if yeah. people realize how good of a shot he had. He he was yeah. never a big scorer offensively, but the dude had – I had to put him in my top 20. Oh, yeah, for sure. To. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're getting a bunch of five-minute majors, it probably didn't take him too long to rack up that penalty minute total so i don't know i've never those seen five, I've, I've seen those five minute fighting. majors add up those five the minute day. majors add up quick yeah i've seen videos of him fighting i've never seen anywhere he's lost so i'm sure he, i'm sure he did but all the ones i've seen pretty brutal so good on you there you have it all right Oops. so as you see my list go on here you might be like, why is Jordan Tutu so far back? And that's that's totally fair. This is one of those things where it takes a, a second. It, it takes some time to uh, really figure out how to rank your top 20 in any franchise. I can't imagine how hard it would be for a franchise that's been around for like 50 oh, years or something like yeah, that. This sure. is just a team that's been around for 24 years. Yeah. First of oh. all, where's Johnny? Where's Johnny when we need him? Oh, I know. He's probably bring up names we wouldn't even remember. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So here's my next one is going to be Jason Arnett. That's a good one. Jason Arnett comes in at number 19 for me. And I almost flip-flop these guys. I almost put – I almost put – Tutu at 19 and Arnett at 20. I could see that. <clears throat> a lot of people like but, Jordan Tutu, though, just for the – he's a fan favorite. Everybody likes him. But I just thought it was so wrong to – as much as we all love Tutu and he's a fan favorite, I couldn't put him ahead of Jason Arnett, who did play four seasons with Nashville. Right. He was a major free agency signing at the time, one of the biggest free agents the team had ever signed up to that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, And, I mean, he was signed by David Poyle as a free agent that offseason, coming off a career high in points and assists with Dallas the season before. He's 10th all-time in goals for the Preds franchise, and he only played four seasons with this franchise. That's pretty impressive. That is impressive, for sure. That's a, that's a good number for four seasons. Ryan Johansson recently passed – Jason Arnett on that goals list. So, I mean, think about a player like Ryan Johansson, who was with this franchise for a a lot longer, was a much bigger part of the core of the team, and he barely passed Jason Arnett on the goals list. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which is pretty pretty amazing in itself, right there. Yeah, that's probably doubled the time with the Predators. Yeah. But and Arnett's also set Arnett's also seventh in power play goals on the franchise list with 40. He came into the team towards the back end of his career, but at the same time, I gotta put Jason Arnett in my top 20. I have to. 
Also, here's a cool little nugget about Jason Arnett. If you really go into the stats, Jason Arnett is tied with Philip Forsberg for the highest goals per game average in franchise history. Wow. Arnett and Forsberg are tied at 0.39 goals per game. That's so pretty strong. That's the, that's the word you, the word you use there. The word you use there is efficiency. Mm -hmm. I think that's the word we're going to use there. Efficiency. That's That's good. So again, those were those early days for the predators when they were trying to find their way and they were trying to figure out how to make go deep in the playoffs, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in a sad way, we're kind of still there. That's kind of the set. I think that's why fans are so upset right now is they feel like we've gone back to that time as being a Preds fan. We're back to being that team of when yeah. Jordan Tutu and Jason Arnett were on this team. Trying to find their way. They found their way once. They're trying to find their way again. So, mm. Okay, so Rich, you that ready for this one? Bit. Number 18, let's yeah. do it. I think I'm going to get pushed back for this one, including I think you're not going to like that this player is this far back on my list. Uh, mm, eh, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. If I know he's 18, that, I know there's a bunch of dudes ahead of him that are good. So I felt bad about putting him so far back. I did. Yeah. PK yeah. Subban comes in at number 18 on my top 20 players in Predators history. Yeah, fan favorite. Helped him get to the playoff, into the Stanley Cup. Mm. Everybody loved PK. Including PK. I remember when he signed with the team was, or when he got traded with Shea Weber or whatever. I remember him literally going on Broadway and going to the honky tonks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and what he's a, he's a, he's a personality. That's for sure. And here's what's really amazing about the whole PK Subban thing. It was a very short saga. It was a very short experiment. He wasn't, he didn't make a career in Nashville per se, Mm-mm. but the guy got signed, got traded for Shea Weber, a fran- an all-time franchise great, and it was so hard at the time to process it, process it as a fan at the time. For me, it was because I was a part of me was so excited to have PK Subban, but then I'm like, not for Shea Weber, like no, no. No, that's I, not what I want. Right. Hindsight 2020 now. I don't know, Rich. Would you say that maybe neither team won that trade? I really don't know if either team really got what they wanted out of that trade. Yeah, I, I would agree with that a little bit. Um, however, I think I've said it before in the past. I think it was a mistake getting rid of Shea Weber, but just because of what they mortgaged. To, to get PK Subban. Um, they had that, they had uh, Shea Weber's contract hanging over their heads for so many years where they were going to have to pay like 20 million or something in salary cap, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I agree with that. I, it I was like, a weird trade. It's a, yeah. it's a major trade. 
So, uh, Snarky Squeegee on YouTube, our CJ. friend CJ jumps in. He's asking, who did he miss at 20 and 19? All right, CJ, you missed at number 20, Jordan Tutu, and at number 19, Jason Arnett. Toots. Our boy so, Toots. we're moving along here. We're moving along here. We got to get to number 17, but before we do that... Let me give my thoughts on why I put P.K. Subban so far back. One thing about Subban is I can't put him too much higher on the all-time list of top yeah. 20 for Preds history because he didn't play for the franchise for long enough. No. I can't. No. I mean, why? while he was here, he was outstanding. I don't mm-hmm. think he was a bust while he was here. I really don't. I mean, you look back at the trade now, and we can always say, okay, we wish that we wouldn't have lost Weber. What would have happened with the injuries? I know Montreal is not happy about how it went after they got Shea Weber, but Mm -hmm. you know, the injuries and all that, that complicates all of this. Right. But when it comes to Subban, he had a really short stint with Nashville. Why he was here. He, the reason why I do put him in at least put him in my top 20 is he was instrumental in the predators making it to the Stanley cup that year, not only in that regular season, but even more so during those playoffs, Mm -hmm. he was, he brought um, that experience to the blue line and brought Mm -hmm. that playoff um, cachet to his, to his, to the predators while they were on that playoff run. Um, 12 points and 22 playoff games during that run Averaged over 20 ha- 25 and a half minutes of ice time during that playoff run and went on to play 41 total playoff games for Nashville. So he played big time playoff minutes while he was with the Nashville Predators. He did. And another, another uh, good thing why he deserves to be on that list is for all the things he did for the Nashville community. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, and he still does stuff and he doesn't even live there. So, yeah, he he definitely deserves to be top 20 for sure. So are you guys ready for this? I'm about to share something that's going to hurt everybody. And this is one of the things, unfortunately, I remember most about P.K. Subban's time with the Predators. <laughs> you ready not, for this? I don't think anybody's ready for this. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Does everyone <laughs> – I'm so sorry to bring this up. Does everyone remember the bogus BS offsides call – in game one of the Stanley Cup final in Pittsburgh, I remember where I was at. I'll never forget where I was at. I was at a watch party oh, with I some friends that. who who weren't even hockey fans. They put on the game for me. Mm. I, I was at a cookout. I wasn't even at a watch party. I was at a cookout. And I asked them, can we please put on the Preds game? It's game one of the final. And they were like, oh, we didn't even know the game was tonight. I'm like, yes, please put on the game. Yeah. Hello. In yeah. the living room. <laughs> so... Mm. All right, here we go. Let's let's play it for everybody. Ridiculous. Look at those jerseys. Looks good. Sissons. Oh man. That is just Painful to watch. Right? What a joke. 
What a joke. Oh, look at Lobby. Yeah, look at that. Mm. Yeah, that does. So we got the challenge, the dreaded challenge. And they're like, oh, yeah. um, Yeah, we got to remember, we got to keep Sydney happy. (laughs) Don't make Sydney angry. Um, look at Ford. Look at look at Lobby. A young Lobby's ready to take somebody out. Absolutely, as he should be. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to bring that up for everybody. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but you know what? (laughs) CJ says no. Don't show it, man. I'm sorry, guys, but we have to be realistic here. All right, when we're talking about these players, and when when we're talking about franchise changing moments. Yep. I hate to break it to you guys, but if Subban scores that goal and it, it's good, you can't say that the Preds might not have maybe stole game one. Things might have been a little different. And we all remember how game four went or how game five went or game six. I'm, I'm getting all mixed up here. I'm yeah. rusty. I'm sorry. We're, we've yeah. been off a couple weeks. Yeah. Game right. six, we all remember. We're trying to get it back to Pittsburgh for a game seven. We all remember how that goal went. The crazy bounced off the backboard and, and fooled Pecorine. Uh, and Hornquist scores the goal or whatever. Yeah, and and that's how it ends. Imagine, imagine if Nashville steals game one. Maybe they get that first goal from Subban. It doesn't get overturned. The whole complexion of the game changes. It, these are the what-if things that happen in sports. I get it. But that's what I remember about P.K. Subban was scoring that goal and it yep. getting overturned. Yep. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Don't don't hate me for bringing that up. Good old PK. It's all right. It's in okay. The so I got another one. Let's go to number seventeen. We're on number seventeen now. We're doing our top twenty players in Preds franchise history. We will recap. We will recap here in a little bit. But let's get to number seventeen. I'm also playing video screen producer here for our YouTube channel. So, you know, doing that whole thing because we got these awesome graphics. Number 17. I think Rich knows who this person is. I do. He's one of my favorites. We got Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson comes in at number 17 on my list. Rich, do you think I did him a little wrong? Do you think he should be higher? I don't know. No, I I don't guess so. No, not really. I think that's probably about right. Because um, I know, like I said earlier, I could rattle off 10 dudes in about 30 seconds who are top 10. So I think that's a good spot for mm. good old RV. I don't know. I had a hard time putting him that far back. But again, like I said, it is so hard mm-hmm. to rank these players top 20, especially 11 to 20. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. we're gonna do our top ten in episode 193, but 11 to 20 was really difficult. It really was. Yeah, I wish, I wish um, Arvidsson could have survived the Heinz era because it sounds like the new coach would be more um, would like Victor Arvidsson's skill point. and speed. <laughs> That's but, a uh, really good point, and it also just didn't, uh, didn't pan out. Arvidsson's. Arvison's looking great in LA. I mean, he found himself a great landing spot. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I miss him. I liked him. He's one of my favorite players, man. 
But here's what I remember. Here's what I remember about Victor Arvidsson. I remember when he actually first started taking notice with the team. He had mm-hmm. that speed about him. He was the underdog. He was the undersized, just energizer bunny. But he could score. Like he could yeah. figure out ways. He had personality. He just had this thing about yeah. him that just drew you to him. Yeah, he was one of my favorites for sure. And if you look at Arvidsson's all-time numbers with the franchise, seventh in goals with 127, he's not in the top 10 on the franchise list for points. He's uh, 15th on that on that list. Tied for second in shorthanded goals with 10. He's tied with David Legwan. Greg Greg Johnson, the late Greg Johnson, rest in peace, uh, leads the franchise with a 11 shorthanded goals. Uh, Arvidsson was drafted fourth round, 112th overall in 2014. Fans loved him being undersized, brought the speed element that the team hadn't ever really seen from a homegrown homegrown player. Yep. And, of course, he was part of that infamous Jofa line that eventually got constructed. And then deconstructed, and then constructed again. Which, <laughs> in its heyday, in, hey, what, in, its, in its heyday, though, when it was first breaking out, it was pretty exciting to watch that. Yeah. Do you remember when they went during the, the COVID playoffs and they were putting that line back together, how excited we all were? We were so excited, and then it didn't really do anything. <laughs> well, and then it ran it. It ran its course. Ran its it got course. figured out. Um, yeah. y- y- it is what it is. I mean, yeah. Y- you see the rest of the league adapt, and, and they have these top lines that are just ridiculous. Yeah. And not only do these elite teams have have these unstoppable top lines, but they have unstoppable second lines. Mm-hmm. And then the really great teams don't even take their top line off the ice. Like you look, you look at teams like let's let's take the Colorado Avalanche for instance. It feels like Nathan McKinnon never comes off the ice. Yeah, for sure. It's like, dude, will you take a breather for a second? Like, yeah, are you a cyborg? Are you going to be in the next? Tour? Like, is Nathan <laughs> McKinnon going to be in the next Terminator movie? Because I feel that he way whenever be. we're playing. He could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's true. All the all the teams. Like Connor McDavid, he's out there all the time. You see him all the time. Drysidal, he's the same way. He's definitely a cyborg. Oh yeah, Connor McDavid's oh, yeah. not from this planet. We, we got all this AI news coming out here. I I'm thinking that Connor McDavid is is AI generated. He's he that be. he's that unstoppable. He's pretty good at the hockey, that's for sure. All right, we're going back in time for my next one. We're going. Let's get to number sixteen on the list. I got to pull it up here. But hey, at least we got to see RV. Yeah. You know, oh, RV was going to be on my list here. Oh, yeah. All right. Before we do that, having to pull it up here. Sorry, guys. I got a lot of windows open here. Normally, I don't have yeah. to have this many windows open. You might need extra ones. Normally, I just like talk. You know, I just talk <laughs> into the, normally, I just talk into the screen and I don't even have to worry about it. But today, right. with yeah. our, this top 20 project that we're doing, I'm having yeah. to juggle a few more things here, but that's okay because producers get me back in shape here. All right, there it is. Okay. Old school. That is old school. 
You know who Steve Sullivan is, though. Oh, I do. Yeah. Not I don't know much about him, but I'll admit. But I do know he, he was a pretty big time addition to that early Preds team in 2004. That was the when he came here and he was honored in 2022 this past season. He made his return back to Bridgestone Arena with yep. his family, which was really cool to see. Um, that's I mean, the guy was scrappy. He was kind of like a Victor Arvidsson in a way. Yeah. Very much so. So, really cool to see that. Steve Sullivan. <clears throat> quote, this is from the Preds official website when he came uh, from Emma Lingen. Uh, when he came down uh, and made his visit to Bridgestone Arena this past season. He said, "This feel quote, this feels like home. The fan base was outstanding for us. This is what we consider home. So uh, that was in November 2022. So his family has is, is stayed here. And it's cool when you see stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. when you see that that players who didn't start their careers with the Predators, but the yep. community made an impact on them and whatnot, it, it's pretty special, you know. Yep. And – He's played for some pretty big teams. I was just pulled up the his Wikipedia page, the the uh, Maple Leafs, Blackhawks, the Penguins, and he likes Nashville out of all of them. So that's cool. Yes. So on the all time uh, list for the Predators, he uh, Steve Sullivan is eighth in power play goals with thirty seven, twelfth in points with two hundred sixty three. The Preds acquired Steve Sullivan through a trade in February of two thousand four. And how cool is this? Steve Sullivan scored a hat trick in his first game with the Predators. You gotta love that. And had four total hat tricks with the Predators. Got another trivia question for you since we're on this topic. Who leads the Preds franchise in hat tricks, Rich? Oh, gosh. Uh, I know, right? This is not even fair. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. He currently plays for the team. Is that fair? Is that fair? I gave you a pretty good hint. Pretty good. Is it, uh, is it Philip Forsberg? No. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Would you have gotten it if I didn't give you the hint though? I mean, he would be the good guess, but. Forsberg has got a pretty healthy lead on the hat tricks. He's got eight. Oh, that's good. So that's awesome. He's up there. Awesome. All right. Let's move to number 15, moving right along here. You already brought this player up, Rich. First of all, how do you feel about my list so far? Do you think it's pretty good? Yep. Is there a player that I haven't mentioned yet that you're wondering where is this player? No, I would have moved 2-2 up a little higher, but other than that, it's a good list. Okay. Yeah. It's a hard list. It is hard. It's very hard. And I need our YouTube viewers and all of our viewers on Twitter – Twitter X um, and f- and on Facebook to comment and tell me how bad my list is. I, that's the point of these I lists. Is I want to hear. I want to hear like, hey, this list is way off. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're ready for the next one. Here, let's move to number fifteen. Got to get it on the screen here. There you have it. Yep. Mike Fisher, you knew he was going to show up eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have him at 15, the rest of your list is 
going to be phenomenal. First of uh, all, how do you feel about those old school away Preds jerseys with the with the yet with the gold down the shoulder pads? There, I kind of miss those. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I do not like them. You think they're hideous? I don't. I don't like the gold things coming down. Um, I gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I just, but I think I think you know for the time that's what I think all of them kind of. You know that Stanley Cup patch uh, really helps though. That does, and the C as well. Yeah, I don't care what jersey they're wearing if it has that Stanley Cup patch on it. Yeah, I mean, if I could have that jersey he's wearing right there, you know, right now, I would definitely, you know, take it and hang it up on the wall. CJ says Fisher at fifteen. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. everybody likes Mike Fisher. Well, everybody likes. Mike I don't know if that's. I don't know if CJ is saying that's a good or a bad thing. He might want him further back or uh, higher up. True. I don't know. And Ryan we all know CJ's a diehard oh. Ryan Ellis. He says Ryan Ellis or a riot. All right. Man, well, I him too. I, I got to leave you with a cliffhanger here. Uh, you got to keep listening to my list here. All right. So Mike Fisher at number fifteen. I I wrestled with myself on this one too. I felt kind of bad for putting him so far back. To be quite honest. But like I said, it's really hard to narrow down 20 players for a franchise, especially 11 to 20. Mm -hmm. 11 to 20 was hard. But here's the thing about Mike Fisher, and here's why you got to put him somewhere in your top 20. The guy was such a massive catalyst for the Predators going through the years of when they transformed from being a first-round playoff punching bag to actually being a team that can not only win the first round of the playoffs, but actually advance. Yep. Yeah. Mike Fisher brought that. He mm-hmm. came from Ottawa. Uh, it was, it kind of started occurring. We had a few players before him that were big time uh, signings outside signings that weren't homegrown players. But for the most part, up until Mike Fisher, the predators weren't really a destination for big time players to right. want to, to come to. Uh, Mike Fisher kind of broke that mold a little bit for sure. And we got Carrie Underwood out of it. So can you really be that mad? Yeah. I mean, you know, Mike <laughs> Underwood, if anything, Carrie Underwood <laughs> brought, made Mike Fisher sign with Nashville. So we, we probably should yeah. make Carrie Underwood number 15. That's right. And Mr. not Mike Carrie Fisher. Underwood. Yeah. Because I'm dude. pretty sure she had a big thing to do with Mike Fisher coming here. Yeah. That's cool though. But it, for all of you who forgot how this whole thing worked out, how Mike Fisher got here, the Preds traded for Fisher in February of 2011. Man, where does the time go, by the way? Because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. And here's what this trade, this is what this trade was. So they traded for Mike Fisher in February 2011 and gave Ottawa a third-round pick and a first-round pick. Yep. Seems like that was a pretty good trade we could put in David Poyle's win column. As much yep. as much flack as we give David Poyle, let's also focus on the good things he did. I think that was a massive win in the win column for yep. David Poyle. Yeah, because the the first round pick was Stefan Nosen. And the conditional 2012 pick was Jared Maidens. So the first player you just named, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. I do, I do know of him. He actually does yeah. play in the NHL right now. Yes. Yeah. He plays for Carolina. Yeah. But either way, 
the other player never played an NHL game, and yeah. both of those players never played a game for Ottawa. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So that's a massive, massive swing and a miss in a trade for, yeah, for sure. when it comes to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. But yeah. So Mike Fisher comes in at number 15 on my top 20 list. I'm, let's take I'm a, let's take a breather, everybody. I feel like I'm running a marathon doing this list right now. It's a big right. long list. It's a big list. Let's see what CJ has to say here. He says Fisher at 15 is interesting because he's one he's one of those guys that comes to mind when you think of Nashville. I thought he would be higher, but I'm interested to see who's ahead of him. Yeah, well, you got your your Mike Fisher, you got your Shea Weber. These he's one of the one of the one of the dudes, like CJ said, when you think of Nashville. Well, I gotta be honest a little bit here. I wrestled with myself on putting him at number 15. And I could I, I could be way off, but that's what that's what I can't that's what it came down to for me because as you'll see, the players ahead of him, I just had a better case for. It. Yeah. Um, awesome. but it was hard. It was. I here's the thing All about right. Fisher. He was never the massive point producer. Right. For the Preds. He was more of a intangibles guy. He was a leader. He was a captain. He was all of those things. Uh, but for me to put him any higher than 15, as you'll see, as my list on, uh, keeps going on here for top 20 Preds players in franchise history, maybe 15 is a good spot for him. Yeah. So uh, let's recap it. everybody here on 20 to 15. Here in episode 192 of Catfish on Ice. Number 20 was Jordan Tutu. Toots. Number 19 was Jason Arnett. Number 18 was P.K. Subban. Number 17 was Victor Arvidsson. Arvey. Number 16 was Steve Sullivan. And number 15, as we just told you, was Mike Fisher. That's our top 20 countdown so far. We're getting ready to tell you about number 14 and go all the way to 11 here in episode 192 of Catfish on Ice. We've been on a little bit of a break here. Rich says he likes my, my likes my list so far, but I think he's just I being do. nice. No, I do. It's good. I think you – I know how hard that was. It was I know very it was, it was hard to do because there's a lot of, do, a lot of good – Good, uh, good players and picking 20s. All right. Before we get to number 14 and go all the way down to number 11, let's tell you about DraftKings, our sponsor, promo code THPN down below. We also have a link right now on our tweet that you can click on to get to those promo codes. It's also in the YouTube uh, description right now. It's also on Facebook as well. You can find that link. If you're a new customer on DraftKings, we have this awesome offer I'm about to tell you about. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook Gambling Problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Four six seven three six nine in Kansas. Call one eight hundred five two two four four seven zero zero on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit one 
www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino. At Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required, max bet $50, 10 up leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. It just gets and longer time. Of course, <laughs> of course, it's baseball because it's baseball season. We also got the Women's World Cup going on right now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little We've footy. got uh, – I mean, if you love golf, we got golf. But, yeah, you got to like dig golf. deep right now for the sports, but it's okay. There, there, there are sports out there. Have you golfed in Florida yet? You golf, don't you? Don't you play golf? I play golf, but I'm not good. <laughs> I play. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, but you haven't done it in Florida yet. I've 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 played a couple times in Florida, but I haven't played recently. No, no gotcha. it's too hot down here, man. Why would I yeah. put myself through that? Yeah, that's true. That's and there's gators. A lot of the golf courses down here have uh, gators. Yeah. I've seen that. That's you don't go for scary. you don't go for your golf ball if you hit it in the water. Let's no. just put it that way. Mm-mm. You you let that ball go. Yep, that's scary. In Tennessee, I'm the opposite. In Tennessee, I'm trying to find all my golf balls. In fact, I consider it a win if I don't lose any golf balls. I don't care about my score. I don't care about right. my score. Did I? How many golf balls did I lose today? That's determines if I won or lost the golf round. Yeah, that's that. If that gives you an idea of what type of golfer I am. Yeah, I've been a couple times, and you know the the course where I played is like one of the fairways is like a big field like next to it. And I was like, this ball's going to go right in that field. And there it went. So yeah, I'm not, I, I wasn't any good at it either. So I quit. So it's a very frustrating sport that you have to it commit is. to for sure. Absolutely frustrating. All right. Here's number 14. Bokun. How about the old mustard Preds Jersey mustard there? <clears throat> Okay, so we're asking you all these questions about um, Preds jerseys. How do you feel about the old Mustard Cat jersey? I do not like it. You don't like that one either? <laughs> that one's worse? No. That, one's, that one is worse, actually. I don't like the logo either. Um, and I've heard, like, um, Chris Mason on the podcast or something say that those jerseys were, like, so hot. Like, he like would sweat and lose like 20 pounds because they were so hot. So, yeah. So, so Tomas Vokun comes in at number 14 on my top 20 list. I think I'm going to get some pushback on this one too, but you can never ever discount mm-hmm. a reliable goalie. And we've had some good ones. And before Pekka was Pekka, we had Thomas Vokun, and, he, and let me tell you, that dude won so many games for this franchise 
when this franchise couldn't score more than one or two goals in a game? Stealing games. Those Preds teams, if you liked boring, ho- boring hockey and low-scoring games, that was the team for you. <laughs> I'm just being dead honest right now. Oh, man, that's hilarious. They, they would win a lot. That's the crazy part, though. Like, they had 100-plus point seasons. Like, they would win yeah. a lot of games. Yeah. But they could not score. And obviously, the rules have changed since then, since that time period, to make it a little bit more offensively mm-hmm. friendly in this league. But, yeah, yeah that was those, those were some offense. You think last season was rough, scoring, the, scoring goals for the Preds? <laughs> Watch those teams. Yeah. Yeah, and Vokun was an outstanding goalie. So to this day, Vokun is still second on the franchise list in wins to Pecorine. Uh, Vokun had 161 wins. He's also second in all-time saves with 9,657, and he's also second in shutouts on the franchise list with 21. But a certain goaltender that still starts for the Predators, his name is UC Soros, is going to pass Vokun on that list of shutouts very, very soon, probably this upcoming season. Soros is just so. one shutout behind Vokun yep. in shutouts. So, yep. Uh, but here's he here's something. So, here's yep. something about all this. We don't know the. This is going to scare us. People. We don't know the long term future of UC Soros with the Predators. Mm-mm. He's got no. two more years left on his current deal, and then he's going to get a really well deserved pay raise. Yep, because he probably deserved a little more than he got last time. We and all, are the Predators that. really going to hold on to Irislav Askarov and UC Soros at the same time? No, they're not. So he got. As we know of, we got two more years with UC Soros under his contract. So enjoy him while you can. How does this tie into Thomas Vokun? Well, he might remain second to Pekka in wins and saves for this franchise history before Soros passes him and possibly gets traded away. That's all I'm saying. It's definitely. It could happen. Definitely a possibility. But Voku was a, was an outstanding goalie. He really was. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for maybe the newer age Preds fans that didn't follow the team at that time. Right. But the old school fans, they know how great of a goalie that guy was and how important he was. He wasn't even the first goalie per se. That was Mike Dunham, who was also, you know, mm. like I thought about putting him in the top 20, but maybe if there was a top 30, I would say Mike Dunham. But, yep. yeah, Vokun eventually – overtook Dunham as the main starter of the early days of the Preds. And I got to put, I just, I, I place a lot of importance on goalies. Yes, me too. And that's why I put Vokun all the way up at number 14. Yep. When Vokun's uh, time ended, when he got, uh, had a, an illness, one Chris Mason took over as the starter. Hmm. Reading that on Wikipedia here. And that would be a really that'd be really cool to talk to Chris Mason about that oh transition. Yeah. That I'm sure he's talked about it before, but yeah. if we could get him on the podcast oh and ask him about that, that would be super cool. It would be hard, yeah. So man. 
So Vokun comes in. Vokun comes in at number 13 or number 14, I should say. Let's move along here. Let's get all right. Number 13. We're on number 13, correct? All right. 13. Another old school Preds player. Let me get him up. Another player that Rich, I think you know of, but at the same time didn't get a chance to watch. This is going really early here. Really, really early days. Number 13 on my list is one of the first great defensemen for this team in this franchise, even before Shea Weber. That is Mr. Kimo Timonen. Yep. Wearing the mustard cat jerseys as well. (laughs) Those jerseys you love, man. I know, they're my favorite. Kimo Timonen was a captain for the team for one season. Uh, he is way up there on some list of all-time franchise leaders. And the reason why I put him so high is because, he, like I said, he he was in those early days of the franchise and was just a really outstanding defenseman. I think he came top five in the Norris voting one year. Uh, just – those those players that are easy to forget in those early days, but those those players that were instrumental in the franchise taking that step forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. So every time I look at those mustard cat jerseys, they grow on me a little bit. <sighs> I'm sorry, but they do. I don't like that logo. Mm, I don't know. Not my favorite. All right, number 13 is Kimo Timonen. Old school. And then he went to the. He eventually went to the Flyers after he left the Preds. And all right, won a Stanley Cup ahead. with the Chicago Blackhawks. He did. Ugh. Why'd you have to bring that up? Sorry, no one wanted to hear anything about the Chicago Blackhawks. All no, right, we got to. We got to. All right, this is going to be a little bit of. Dare I say too soon? Uh oh. I think some people are going to say too soon on this one. Uh oh. They're going to say, "Why didn't you just skip this one?" Too soon? Too soon. Ready for this one, Rich? I am. Uh. Oh. Ooh. Resting. R.I.P. Ryan Johansson. Enjoy Colorado. <laughs> and I, wow. he, he's going to be on their second line, apparently. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. All right. Now, Ryan Johansson. <laughs> I know Ryan Johansson has a lot of diehard fans. That are gonna they're gonna become Avalanche fans now because he's no longer plays for the Predators. Yeah. Those types of fans, like Joey, is a very likable person and player, and rightfully so. Yeah. But I, I I got really serious once I got this high in my rankings. I started really like shuffling players around, figuring out who to put where. I could not justify putting Ryan Johansson any higher than number twelve. And I fully agree with you. I agree Ugh. with your decision. Because it hurts though. It does hurt. And and everybody likes him. But we all know he's he's disappeared at times. And that makes it tough. That's what makes it tough. He's disappeared. So so there you go. Ryan Johansson is it. obviously way up there on a lot of lists in the franchise history. Yeah. Let's look at it right now. Let's share the list. 
with everyone on YouTube. Let's get rid of that. So Ryan Johansson comes in at number 12 for me on my top 20 list. Might rub some fans the wrong way. I'm sorry. Let's go to the all-time points list. Let's let, let's do it right now. Let, let's see where the all the uh, all these different players rank, and it's going to give you a window into the coming up players on my list. Oh yeah. So this is from Quant Hockey, which is a really good site if you're really trying to look up old school list of players and stuff. So. Where is Ryan Johansson? He's all the way up at number six in points. So you might be asking yourself, why would you rank him all the way back at number 12, Chad, if he's sixth all-time in points? That seems kind of wrong, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I can't put him any higher than some of the other players I'm going to list later on because there were just too many times when he didn't show up. Absolutely. That's why I totally agree with him being where he is. Absolutely. The fact that I put him at number 12, honestly, is because he's that high in points. I mean, you can't overlook that. That's that's big. And, I mean, 533 games with Nashville, that's a long time. That's a lot of games. It is. From From coming over from Columbus in that trade for Seth Jones, you literally traded away one of your top 10 defensive draft picks to get Ryan Johansson. And in the early days and during that cup run, and then he got hurt, we'll never know if Ryan Johansson could have been the difference maker in the Stanley Cup against Pittsburgh. That hurts. And he had some great years. He had a great – he had a 20-plus goal season, not the season before last. So, I mean, I'm not saying his career is over, but – but the thing is, if he was not making $8 million a year, if he was making $5, 6000000 million a year, we wouldn't even be saying anything. We'd be like, oh, yeah, he's awesome. But when you make that much money and you disappear, that's bad. So Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's a lot of money. I, I, fu- I fully expect pushback and some people to be like, how is he not in your top 10? And I, I, I understand that, but – I don't. I think it's, I put him in. I put him at number twelve, and it it was hard. All right, we got one more, one more in our top twenty here to round out this first half of our top twenty. We got number eleven coming up for you. Number eleven is one of my favorite favorite players of all time that ever oh, wear a press jersey, it. and I'm and I'm still putting him at number twenty. So it's not like, or number 11, so it's not like I'm being biased here. I bet I know who it is. You may. Let's put it on the screen for our YouTube viewers. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe. It helps us out a ton. There There it is. is. Crazy legs. Craig Smith, otherwise known as Smitty. Brought that energy. I'll never forget the franchise and the front office. That's one of David Poyle's biggest blunders, if you ask me. Well, not his biggest. He's got some other worse ones. But for me personally, that one stings more than anything that I can think of in some ways is not re-signing Craig Smith. Yeah, because um, 
he was one of those players that would just go out there and put it all on the line every night. And that's the type of person you need. That's the type of player they needed and, and to just get rid of him. Yeah, I agree. I, I did not like that either. I'm a, I'm a big Craig Smith fan. And now he's on the Dallas stars now with Matt Duchesne. He's on the Dallas Stars with Matt Duchesne. So we're going to get to watch not one, but two former Predators players uh, probably wreak havoc on us because that's just what happens. Yeah. Former Preds players always like to troll the Predators. Yes, they do. It just always seems to happen that way. So we need to prepare ourselves for that mentally. Yeah. Mm. Most notably the Dallas Stars. Yeah, that'll be that's weird. gonna be a hard that's gonna be a hard team to deal with next year. Yeah. Not only because they're gonna be a really good team, but because of Craig Smith and Matt Duchesne both being on that team. Yeah, that's awesome though. I'm I'm, I'm glad for them. But all yeah. right, so that's my top. So tw- that's my that's my t- the beginning of our top twenty list of all time franchise history. You can speak amongst yourselves on who's going to be in my top 10. I think you know for sure who's a lot of the players who are going to be in my top 10. But you're also wondering, who did he leave out? You're starting to shrink this list now and realizing there's some players that aren't going to be on Chad's list and I'm not going to be happy about. Yeah, I can think of one. I think Rich is already starting to think about that. I think of one, possibly. (laughs) We'll save that for episode 193. We'll do the top 10. I'll put that out there. We'll leave you on a cliffhanger there. That's a good one. That's that's 20 to 11. I put some work into it, so give me some slack here. Yep. Yeah, because you got to weigh. You have to weigh, like, you got to weigh, like, their points production and, like, are they a fan favorite? Everybody loved them. You know, the whole nine yards. Well, and, not and, just, and with the older players, well, yeah. and for the older players, like Kimo Timonen and these yeah. types of players, I got to – I mean, yeah, I was watching the team, but I was, like, new to yeah. the team and right. wasn't – definitely wasn't writing about the team or covering the team or yeah. watching every single game. So, it definitely took some research and took some looking back on. Yeah, and you it's had not to a look perfect at list. A, you had to look at those older older school players, the impact that they had on a young team, you know, helped help them be uh be better. So, yeah, it's tough. For sure. Tough. All right. It's time to do some insane predictions, Rich. Oh boy. And we are going to start with you. Okay. Cuz I've I've been talking left and right here to open up this episode with my top 20 list. So, Rich, you have to give us your first insane prediction for the National Predators in 2023-24. Lay it on us. All right. 2023-2024 will be the year that UC Soros wins the best. (laughs) Okay, so you're stealing mine from last offseason. I didn't steal. I forgot. Oh, yeah, you did say that. I forgot about that. Um, I don't think we called it that. I think we called it bold in, predictions. Now, now we're calling insane. it insane. Not totally we went from insane, bold, but I think it's going to be his year. He got gypped. He got gypped. Yeah, year. I mean, I don't think that's an insane prediction at all. I think it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a. I would call it kind of a hot take because there's so many great goalies right now. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we are literally in a. Really, we're an amazing era of goalies right now in the NHL. 
Yeah. A golden era of goalies. So you can say UC Soros is a Vesna worthy goaltender, but also say, but so are six, seven, eight other goaltenders. It's true. And only the top three get uh, get into the voting. Even, so it's yeah, right. Yeah. But that's, I think I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it an insane prediction on your part, but it's definitely a bold prediction. It's it, it it's yeah. it's going out there. It's not totally insane, but you know. It's pretty good. Well, I I was wrong on mine. I I, I said last se- last offseason during a similar segment on this show that UC Soros will win the Vesna, and I was wrong. So hopefully you will rectify that and you'll be right. I think so. It's his year. It's All his right. year. I, I've been battling and looking it up all day to make sure these whole rookie qualifications are so complicated. What you know? What is it? What does a player have to be to be considered a rookie? And I've been zeroing in on Luke Evangelista. He played twenty four games last season, so he came up just shy of just, yep. the not being considered a rookie, which is more than 25 games. But then I was second-guessing myself, and I was like, well, do playoff games count? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Do they? Did you, I'm sure but either know. way, he played 24 games. So he's going to be considered a rookie this upcoming season. Obviously, we have Connor Bedard, who's their runaway favorite. We have some other really great rookies. But here's my insane prediction. Luke Evangelista is going to... At least push Connor Bedard for the Calder. Ooh, he's going to be in the mix. In the I'm mix. Not saying he's going to win it. I'm not that insane. I'm not that insane. I'm not going to say he's going to win it, but he is going to make some noise in the Calder Trophy race. It's like not going to be just Connor Bedard. There's going to be people talking about Luke Evangelista in terms of the best rookies in the league. I like it. That's my that's my insane prediction. That's my first one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. And a part of the reason why I throw out this prediction out there is I feel very strongly that he's going to be on the top line for the Predators under Andrew Burnett's system. I would. I'm feel very strongly that he's going to play alongside Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly at center, which is going. Think about how beneficial that's going to be for oh. Evangelista. To oh, play yeah. for those, to play on a line with those two guys, yeah, and that's what they're going to bring. They're going to bring out the most in that kid. If, so if I feel really good yeah. about Evangelista being able to stuff the stat sheet, if you will. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to 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 stack up the points. Think about what how productive he was down the stretch this past season with. Mm-hmm. Not a lot with playing with other young players and experienced players. Now you might give him the opportunity to play alongside a Ryan O'Reilly and a Philip Forsberg. Yeah. And and I think um that that will be a good thing, like you said, about putting him with experienced players, because I think that's the mistake that has been made in the past with some other players for the Predators, Ellie Tolman. Most notably, most notably Phil- John uh Philip Tomasino. Philip Tomasino, Ellie Tolvanen. Ellie Tolvanen. Um, not giving those guys, you know, the, 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 um, putting him with 
experienced players on a, a consistent basis because we see them move up and down here and there, but you know, they, they're the type of guys that needed to be with, you know, the experienced players. So hopefully, hopefully the new coach will change that. All right. Looking we'll see what that. happens. That's, That's going to be good. a big one. It's going to be a big one. All right. Give us another one. The Nashville Predators will make it past the second round in the playoffs next season. <laughs> the second? Yeah, that's I insane. So. I think they're going to do it. You won the segment. I can't I can't top that one. <laughs> I think they're going to do it. I, I got two insane predictions I, I still happen. have to let let out and neither one of my two are going to top yours. I think that's I, I don't know, I just got a feeling. I just got a feeling. Wow. All right. Just think, just think back when when uh, uh, Andrew Burnett was, took over and was Florida. Everybody was talking about Florida. They played awesome. They crapped out in the playoffs, but it's a new a new era in Nashville Nashville Predators history. So fresh start. Well, one thing uh, you got going for you in your prediction is a team like the Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. And Another thing you got going for you is UC Soros, as we always say. If the Preds get in the playoffs, they always got UC Soros who can just literally do what what he's done in his previous playoff experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that series against the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, you made it that they they tied that series two to two, and Mm -hmm. you know, it was a closer series than people expected. So yeah. it can definitely happen. I still think it's an insane prediction. So bravo to you. It is. Um, I'm excited about about it though, because like Ryan O'Reilly, that dude's gritty, man. He's a he's a. Oh, I love it. He puts his his everything is out there when he plays, and I watched. You know, he played well for Toronto. Obviously, he won with St. Louis, but I, I'm excited to see to see him playing for Nashville for sure, and I, I think it's going to be good for him. Yeah, I can't wait. <clears throat> it's going to be awesome. All right, here's mine. All right, I got another one for you. All right, mine's not as insane as yours, but <laughs> it, it kind of piggybacks off yours a little bit. My insane prediction is that the Preds will finish third in the Central Division. Yeah. I, third. I don't think that's insane. You don't think, think it's too insane? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I feel like the state of the franchise right now is no one really knows. You don't know. That's true. Yeah, I wrote. Right. I mean, I wrote an. I wrote an article recently on Predlines, uh, calling the Predators an enigma. Yes, they could be. They could. They could be a sixth or seventh place team. They could be a third place team. I choose to go the more glass half full approach here. There you go. Now I'm going to put them third. And it's more or less looking at some of these other teams in the Central Division outside of Dallas and Colorado. Yes. I think there's a really, really massive gap between Dallas and Colorado and the rest of the division. Yeah, I I would agree with that for sure. But I I can feel confident in putting the Predators at a distant third to Colorado and Dallas. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I... I agree with that. I think that I think that's possible for sure. And like I said, I think a fire has been lit under these guys, and um, it's it's we want to win. Uh, Barry Trotz obviously wants to win. 
um, the new owner is going to want to win and they're going to do whatever they got to do to make it happen. So I think it's, it's a uh, lit a fire under them. So I think we'll, we're going to see a different team. Ooh, Hopefully. I hope so, man. Hopefully. Hope so. All right. <laughs> and to piggyback, I got a little bonus insane prediction. So guess who I told you earlier that I was going to bring up the coyotes at some point. Oh, yep. With a hot take. I'm going to say that the Coyotes are going to be a wild card team. Oh, that's good. They're, I think the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs. Playing in a college arena. Ooh. They are going to make the playoffs. Will you imagine that? First round of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they're playing in the, the college arena. <laughs> It'd be crazy. That would be. I would love it. I think. Oh, it'd be, no, it's cool. It, but it's it'd be crazy. perfect for the NHL. Um, yeah. That's but yeah. Cool. So that that's my bonus insane prediction. Not not related to the Predators, but I said Predators are third. I'm going to say the Coyotes. We'll call them fourth in the division, and they're going to get a wild card. They're going to make the playoffs. That's cool. That's probably pretty insane in itself. But at the yeah. same time, I absolutely love their off season they've had so far. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big Clayton Keller guy. Yeah. Love Clayton Keller. Love what they're doing. I think they got decent goaltending. They've gone through what they call the process in terms mm-hmm. of rebuilding. And it's been a long one for them. I think they're yeah. going to make some serious strides this year. I really do. I saw some strides yeah. last season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they we were saw when the Preds crappy. played them. We yeah. saw when the Preds played them. They were not a pushover by any nope. means. They beat some. They beat some good teams, for sure. Um, yeah, that's good. I like that. I heard an insane rumor today, or read it on Instagram. Uh, somebody said that um, there's a team who uh, could uh, possibly be in the running to sign uh, Willie Nylander. And it's the Coyotes. It's the Nashville Predators. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't because see that. Because they the the little blurb said that um, they can't the Maple Leafs can't really afford to give him as much as he's going to want, and there's not very many teams that have the cap space, and the Predators are one of them. They said that well, we all, and we it. still have and we still have Brett Pesci hanging around. Brett too. Pesci too, yeah. They said it said they would probably want a first round pick and a good prospect. So. We'll see. If I, I'm I'm on I'm on the side of the Predators. Just need to chill out. They've done enough. You wouldn't want Willie Nylander though. He's so good. I would, but I just yeah. I, I don't want Barry Trotz to bite off more than he can chew. Is kind of what I'm thinking about here. Right. Yeah. For sure. You know? you're gonna have. You still got. Um, you still have uh, Johansson and uh, Duchesne paying for them, and it's just and, a lot and right first, now. Yeah. And when you make that many moves in one offseason and it's your literally your first offseason as general manager, I feel like if you go yeah. a little too hard in the paint and you make too many moves, you're going to mm-hmm. really mess up bad on one of them and it's going to yeah. screw everything else up. Yep. That's true. Yeah, for sure. And I feel and really we- good about what he's done. I don't have any – I really applaud yeah. the, the cojones that he has to do what he's done. Uh, so – Let's see what happens. But I'm just really nervous about him doing a little too much with another trade or yeah. I like I like this team. I just picked him third. 
Yeah, right. Division. Sure. I like yeah. this team already. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't think they need to do anything else right now. Yeah. And I'd be okay with re- that. But we can reevaluate it at the deadline in 2024, but yeah. right now I like this team. I actually really do like yeah. this team. I do too. Yeah, but just like Willie Nealander so good. That's the only thing. He is good. He is good. He's very good. I player. don't think it'll happen. I, yeah, that, probably. Not. I mean, he might knows? not even want to. Yeah, who knows? Let's get to explain yourself. All right, I know that's one of Rich's favorite segments. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to do this a lot more during the season cuz we'll be putting out a lot more takes and a lot more yeah. I'll probably be um, explaining myself about me saying We're going to have a lot more reasons to explain ourselves when the season's actually happening, but we're yeah. going to we've done it before. It was a lot of fun. We're going to bring it back now. Explain yourself. Basically this segment is all about well, you know, we're on Twitter or now X, X. as they call it. Twitter. And um, you have to, we have to, sometimes we say things that just people don't like, or maybe we got ahead of ourselves or whatever. Yeah. We, we basically equate it to when you were in trouble as a kid and your parents said, explain yourself, mister. What were you doing? What were you thinking? Yeah, what thinking are you doing? Why, so did you Rich, paint, why did you paint Rich, the cat? Why did you paint the cat? Or for me, why did you um, color with crayons and magic markers the wooden fence outside? <laughs> it needed to be spruced up. It needed to All be right. spruced up, yeah. So I'm going first. All right. So I this was a tweet. I haven't been tweeting much on Twitter since in the offseason, but um, this was during the playoffs. Mm. And I was, you know, not overly happy during the playoffs. So I don't I think said, any of us were. After watching um, a game, I mean, you'll probably know what I'm talking about here. I said, hey, at NHL, please pass a rule stating that players must leave their mouth guards in their mouths while play is going on. Extra credit, if you make them leave them in all the time while on camera. Extra, extra credit if you ban chewing on the mouth guard, especially while on camera. So it drives you crazy when the players are chewing on that mouth guard. Not the players, the player, the main offensive player, and that's Matthew Chuck. Oh my god! So much. Yeah. Such a pet peeve. He 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 plays with it hanging out of. It's like you might as well not even wear it. So that means you're probably not a Steph Curry fan in basketball because he's the one that's made that notorious. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just don't like that. I mean, I'm just that he's the one that actually does it in basketball. He's the one that chews yeah. on the mouthpiece, but that's become more of a that's become more of a like a it's like his moniker basically. Like that's yeah. that's kind of like what people well, know him for. But Chuck definitely true. does it. Chuck is the one is. that really does it. He does that, and he tucks his jersey in the back, and that's another thing that I don't. Yeah, like he told me about that. All right. It's hey, it's fair. Hey, it's, it's, it's the little things. There's little pet peeves, you know. It's so gross. I mean, one of my pet peeves is when there's a clear penalty and the guy pretends it's way worse in other sports, but the hockey players have started doing it too. Oh, it's- when it's the most clear as day tripping penalty and the guy yeah. gets all pissy and starts like throwing yeah. his arms up and yeah. causing a scene and acting like a tough guy and wants to fight and wants to ruffle mm-hmm. the feathers, get the other team upset. And then you look at the replay and it's like, bro, you tripped yeah, him. You did it. Like yeah. it's the most clear as day, plain as day tripping penalty. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're in the they're in the penalty box yelling at the referee, calling them all sorts of names. It's like you did it. Just fess up and go. Take and I told I I mean and I get it when it's I get it when it's an actual obvious or when it's not so obvious because yeah, it's, sure. it, it's the spirit of the battle. So all right, here's mine. <laughs> this one got everyone upset. This is the tweet, the tweet. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. So all right, explain yourself, Mister. I'm going to explain myself. I mean, hey, I don't shy away from it. Nor should you. So, back on July the 11th, <laughs> I, it was right after the Dennis Garionov signing. You know, it was, in the, it was right after I found out about the news, like a few, mm-hmm. like an hour or two after I found out we we signed Dennis Garionov, which honestly surprised me. I didn't see it coming. Oh, I didn't um, well. Yeah, I didn't see All any of them I, I've around. always liked Garyanov. I've I've always kind of watched mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars pretty closely. Yeah. And I've always looked at Dennis Garyanov as a as a player who just hasn't reached their full potential. Yep. They have so much more to give mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. so much talent, untapped potential is, is what I should say. Yep. So all I was simply stating with this tweet in the moment was that Garyana comes in and gives more competition to this lineup. And on top of that, Philip Tomasino is entering the final year of his entry-level contract and will be an RFA in 2024. That's what the tweet says. And it says... And and it says... Tomasino needs to have a breakout season and make a major impression. Am I wrong about that? No, and here's the kicker. The next word on the last line, maybe, maybe you didn't say for sure. It's a possibility. Well, all I say, so the last part of the tweet, I say maybe he, he being Gary Onoff, yep. starts fourth line, which is very likely. But yep. Gary Onoff complicates Tomasino's future with Nashville for me. And what I mean by that complicates, what I mean by that is Tomasino's in the final year of his ELC. He needs to have a breakout year or have a really, really strong year. That doesn't mean that I don't think he's already not played well. He's played very well, and he's been done wrong by the previous coaching administration. My point is, if he has an extremely down year for whatever reason, and Garyanov has a bounce-back year or finds some of his untapped potential – Yep. That could make things complicated in the offseason of 2024 when Tomasino becomes an RFA. That's all I was saying in that tweet. And everyone got so pissed off and acted like I hated Tomasino or acted like I was trying to say that Garyanov is better than Tomasino or that Tomasino won't be with the team for years to come. I was just pointing out something that was possibly unfolding. Yep. And I'm, and I am not what I'm about to say. I'm not saying it because I'm your friend or your, your co-host on this podcast. I 100% agree with everything you put in that tweet because it's true. And you didn't say, and I, and I really hope that it's the other way around and I'm not, it was in by no means a prediction. I really hope that Philip Tomasino completely breaks out. Yep. I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, he's yep. the future. He could be the future of this franchise in terms of being a top six um, player, homegrown player that this franchise has been trying to replicate for since yep. it's been in existence. Yep. 
And guess what? So you... I obviously want that over Garyanov, but it would be great if both of them decide yeah. to just Absolutely. break out. It's good. And the thing is, that is your opinion. And all of the other people on Twitter that uh, write about sports and tweet about sports, that's their opinion as well. And everyone is entitled mm-hmm. to their opinion. Nobody has a crystal ball into the future. So calling someone's uh, tweet uh, stupid or whatever it was, that's. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I don't really care about that is. so much. Yeah. Well, but it, this, this I, tweet, yeah. this tweet did take some explaining to do. Like, I mean, it, it, it required me to explain it because it is a complex tweet and <sighs> All my thoughts aren't really in that one tweet, but I, 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 I'm going to stand really, really firm with this oh, when I sure. say that Philip Tomasino, for for right or wrong, for fair or not, he is entering a pretty critical year for <laughs> the Predators because and- not only is he an RFA in 2024, but if for some reason. He his play is dipping or something's going on that that scares the coaching staff or whatever, mm-hmm. or or you have a new GM, you have a new head coach, you have all these variables mm-hmm. that are unknown right now. If for some reason they see it as, wow, um, other teams like this guy, we're going into the trade deadline here. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. unload him. That could happen too. That's that's the only point I was trying to make when yeah. you add a Dennis Garyanov, that just adds another wrinkle yeah, to the competition. Yeah. And Garyanov is is a guy who scored four goals in a playoff game. He has tons of untapped potential. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens. Yeah. That's all that that was my point there. Yeah. yeah. Other teams a one year it's a one year trial run with Dennis Garyanov for basically right. nothing. Yeah, he's right. he's coming here on a super low deal. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's all that that that's what that tweet yep. was. But it got people upset. Oh boy, did fair. it! I, I, I other, love the energy. I love the energy, though. Other teams could be interested in Philip Tomasino, like yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs for Willie Nylander. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can love Philip Tomasino and 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 keep and your cool. fingers crossed that he ends up being a franchise player and ends up on one of those top 10 lists that we were talking about earlier. But in reality, you can't keep everyone you want to keep that you like. Nope. And you really, we really need to see what happens with Philip Tomasino this year. That's that, that's just where I'm at with it. And, and with, with how, what we've seen in Barry Trotz already don't get to, um, don't get too attached to anybody really <laughs> except for like Roman Yossi because he will not hesitate in a second to pull the trigger and trade. So it's not like it used to be. You're not going to, you're not going to get to see your favorite player play with the team for 10 years or whatever. For sure. Except for Roman it's, Yossi. A, it's a way different league. It's a way different league. And then also with the it's salary cap, not moving really right now which is going to be my next one here. First of all, also, I, I wanted to say it's not going to be my full explain myself segment here, but the whole Matt Duchesne thing happened to the fallout with that. And I was super upset with that soundbite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but our, 
Our buddy Robbie Stanley really, from 102.5 The Game, he really put it into context for me. Yeah, he like but, responded right to you, didn't he? And I loved it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. And I went back and I watched the whole interview in its entirety. I still don't like the wording that Duchesne used, but at the same time, you know as well as well as anyone, Rich, on this podcast that I have always been the defender of Matt Duchesne, and I mm-hmm. don't like all of the hate that he gets. Yep. And I thought this past season in particular, he was the elder statesman of the room when, mm-hmm. when he had all these injuries and he had all these trades. Yep. And then he had Matt Duchesne hanging around, trying to keep this team relevant with all these young kids playing around him. And, you lose and then he had, he had an injury where he almost lost a finger. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm the last person that's gonna like for no reason come after Matt Duchesne for no reason. Yeah. But I just didn't like the words, and it was a soundbite, basically saying if if anyone missed it, basically just saying I haven't had a lot of opportunities to win in my career. Whose fault? The, <laughs> the broader the broader context of that. The broader context of that whole interview was, well, he's never been past the second round. Yeah. Right. Which is true, and I think that's what he meant by it. And he is joining a really, really great team. He has a really good chance to win a Stanley Cup joining the Dallas Stars. Yeah, for sure. So, you Mm. know, I probably overreacted a little bit. So I'll explain myself there on that one, and I'll well, I'll, t- I'll take the lumps on that one. I will. I'll take the lumps on that one. Yeah, I mean, when you read when you hear the whole thing, yeah, it's it. You know, the sound bite does sound a little bad, but he might be a little salty about it. He loved Nashville, and everybody knows he loved Nashville, and he wanted. Well, to he was definitely. Forever. I think he was absolutely shell shocked by it. Oh yeah, he, he didn't see it, and Ryan Johansson also didn't see it coming. Yeah, him and the rest of us. Yeah, uh, nobody. I mean. I or even <laughs> if we, we can go back to the tw- to the deadline, the trade deadline, yeah. Matias Ekholm didn't see it come. I mean, no. you want to talk about all these players that just kind of yeah. got blindsided? Yeah, and that's Barry Trotz had his fingers in it at the trade deadline too. So, I mean, remember the the video of Matias Ekholm walking into the uh, Oilers dressing room for the first time. It looked like a hostage video. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh. And then, the, and then on the flip side, Tyson Berry walking into the Preds uh, while they were eating. Oh, that also yeah. looks that yeah. also looks like a hostage video. Yeah, those, those dudes are like, "Are you here to take my plate? <laughs> are you the busser? Are you the are you busting my table? Can I get some can more you, water? Uh, can you get rid of some of these dirty plates?" Matias Ekholm's like, oh, "I guess no more Hattie Bees for me." Yeah, this is a bummer. It was a weird. It was all. Oh, it was yeah. a really weird time. I can imagine what they were going through. So it was just. Yeah, yeah I agree. For, I mean, I I would imagine that Matt Duchesne probably felt pretty safe, like he was, yeah. what we would call untouchable, and he wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, he does, yeah. and he loves Nashville, and he had a, so many great things to say about Nashville in oh, that yeah. interview, yeah. and he put out a really, really heartfelt Instagram post that mm-hmm. gave me chills reading it. Yep. He's an all around solid dude. I mean, yeah, no one's absolutely. ever going, no one ever argued against that. He's, he's, he's a great guy. So I wish him the best. I wish he wasn't playing for the Dallas stars, but I do wish him the best. Um, 
and I did overreact a little bit. So I, I'll I'll take my lumps on that. That's that's my explain myself on that one. Robbie Stanley talked you off the ledge. Well, Robbie Stanley does a lot of a lot of good things. Yes, he does. As many of you know. Yep, he's awesome. All right. My final one here, and this is an easy one to explain myself. I put this out today, actually. Oh, wow. And it's more about the NHL in general. So we got all these other sports going on right now, Rich, you know, NBA baseball, and all this. It's not going on, but you got off-season moves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we all know that compared to the NHL, all these other sports are just like the the, – the amount of millions of dollars these players get paid compared to NHL players, it's you can't even wrap your head around it. No. no. And so Jalen Brown, a really, really one of the best players in the NBA, signed a super max deal today for five years with the Boston Celtics. <laughs> and so my take was... $304 million over five years, Rich. Can you wrap your head around that? Around That's that? ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Five years? Over, oh yeah. Gosh, man. That's like... $304 million. He's making per year almost what the NHL salary cap is. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. wow. So yeah. that is my tweet. So my tweet is, these NBA, NFL, MLB, Supermax deals are hard to wrap your head around in terms of money. And then you see NHL players with a hardly moving salary cap. I don't fault any NHL player for holding out for the cash they feel they deserve in a brutally and physically taxing sport. And I threw reference to the old school J.G. Wentworth commercials. It's your money and you want it now. That's right. I want it now. If you watch any daytime TV in your life, watch Court TV, Judge Judy, daytime soap operas, you've seen a J.G. Wetworth uh, commercial. Everybody knows it for sure. And what you put at the end, that's the the kicker. The, The NHL is the hardest sport, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's rougher than football. It's, um, definitely it's your money off. it's your money use it when you need it or wherever it goes i don't know jg wetworth i don't know i've got a cash got that settlement right now. and i need my cash yes now. it's my money and i need it now that's how I it need goes it now. yeah yeah all right that, i think yeah. that's how every nhl player feels yeah. right now when they when they see these nba max yeah. super deals i mean when you when you watch you watch nhl exit interviews with these players and they're like yeah i've had a broken foot since february um you know I, uh, whatever I've, you know, Matt Duchesne got his finger almost cut off. You yeah. don't hear that stuff in the NBA. <laughs> exactly. And You're then like, like oh, you I always got, find, you always find out. A, well, after the playoffs are over and after the Stanley cup is over, you yeah. always find out about all these players that were playing through all these injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. This guy was, this guy was playing through a broken sternum or this guy was broke playing through a bruised kneecap. You hear all these crazy mm-hmm. things. This guy was, was uh two hits away from having a life ending concussion, like crazy <laughs> things. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they want to play, and they want to. This guy, this guy might, this guy might have to eat applesauce for the rest of his life (laughs) because he took so many hits, and he gets paid two million a year, which is still a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money. What I'm saying is, you see three hundred four million dollars over five years, and then you see these, and then we get mad because Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson were making eight million. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's that, that. that's all I was trying to say in that tweet. I, I sent sense. that out today. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, hmm. all right, we're gonna awesome. go rapid fire here to wrap up episode one ninety two with our our debut of Central Rundown. The Central Rundown. It's replacing the Battle for the, Battle Central. For the Central. We're gonna put that up in the rafters. We're gonna retire it. Battle for the Central is no more. We're hanging a banner. We're gonna get a new yeah banner joke. Banner joke. We're gonna get a new logo for the central rundown that we'll put out when the season starts, but we're going, we're, we're testing it out today with this new segment here in the off season, the central division rundown is going to be a weekly segment throughout the season, hitting up all of the biggest storylines throughout the division in the central uh, with the predators and the teams they're up against. All right, let's start with Winnipeg, rich. Oh yeah. A lot of, this team is hard to figure out. They don't want to be rebuilding, but I put out a power rankings article recently, Rich, mm-hmm. on Predlines, and I had the Winnipeg Jets as my last place team. Yeah, I could see that. I did. If they get now, rid of Connor Hellebuck, it's definitely going to well, happen. So when I wrote that yeah. article, I thought that Connor Hellebuck was maybe going to be traded before the season starts. Yeah. Now it looks like the Jets. And the and Connor Hellebuck are kind of stuck with each other for a little bit longer because mm-hmm. they can't find a trade partner for Hellebuck. Yeah, he because wants like a boatload of money. He wants like nine million a year. Yeah. yeah, and we just kind of talked about it with uh, with the explain yourself segment when we were talking about the salary cap in the NHL is not moving and teams are kind of up against a wall to make moves mm-hmm. right now. There's a lot of teams that would love to have Connor Hellebuck, but they can't oh, no. afford him. No. So it looks like he's going to at least be with the Jets for a little bit longer. But yeah, Winnipeg Jets are a really hard team to figure out right now. You've also got Shifley, who mm-hmm. is also on the trade rumor mill right now. So yeah, a lot to figure out when it comes to the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And they're always kind of like that, it seems like, the past few years. It's been like, they're up and down. One one time they're dominant. The next time they get beat five in a row or whatever. But they kind of took the mantle from the Predators of being the uh, first yep. round punching bag this year. Yep, absolutely. And the Predators, of course, with all the uh, young ragtags trying to get the Predators into the playoffs, they fell three points uh, shy of the Winnipeg Jets in the standings. Yep. So, yeah, yep. the Jets are a weird team. They're hard to figure out. Weird. I. I definitely don't have him pegged as a playoff team, but if Hellebuck comes in and and wins them some games, kind of similar to what UC Saros does for the Predators, they could hang around for a for a second or two. Yeah. But the Jets are definitely trending downward going yep. into next season. Let's yep. go on the flip side of that in the Central Rundown here with the Dallas Stars. They extend their GM for another two years, uh, Jim Neal. He won the uh, GM of the year at the NHL draft, and he's rightfully so. He's done great with that team. 
I think they've had a pretty decent offseason as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Rich, I got to ask you, do you think they're poised to win a cup in the next year or two? You think that's fair to say? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I could see it happening. Um, I think their biggest detractor is Jamie Ben. I think well, uh, we I saw think, that in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you definitely saw that in the playoffs. I think if they like maybe once he moves on, that'll make it things a little easier for him. I just don't. I just think the pre- uh, the the Dallas Stars have a lot going for them. They have they do it's have a lot all, going for them. My biggest question is not Jamie Ben when it comes to the Stars. My biggest question for the Stars that keeps them from being a bona fide like favorite to win the Stanley Cup to being a they're still like a contender, but yeah. they're in that they're in that mm, um group there. of like three almost their group. Yeah, is Jake Ottinger? Yep. If that dude decides to become a consistent, because he's so streaky. He is streaky. Ottinger, he'll go three or four games and just look like the best goalie in the league. Yep. And then he'll he'll have a really bad couple of games mm-hmm. where he gets roasted. So yep. if Ottinger can become a more consistent uh, goaltender, mm-hmm. then I don't know how you beat the Stars in seven games. No. Yeah, I agree. they've got... They've got the scores. They've got the defense. They've got the coach. They've checked all the boxes. If Ottinger becomes um, one of those goalies that you can't beat in a seven-game series on top of all the other things they have on that roster. Yep. I mean, we'll save it for another we'll save it for another episode. We'll we, yeah. we've done it in the past. We'll do it again this year. We'll do our predictions of who we think is gonna win the Stanley Cup. I like the stars a lot right now. Yeah. I and really they, do. And getting Duchesne and even even adding Craig Smith. I mean, that's I mean, that's just more firepower. They've had a really good offseason. It's rightly deserved that they'd extended their GM for another two years because he's been a really good GM for them in the yeah. front office. So yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes on Dallas. They it's happens. them in Colorado. It, it yeah. it's Dallas and Colorado, then it's the rest of the field. Yep. And then let's touch on the Chicago Blackhawks to round out the central rundown. The Chicago Blackhawks, they got their savior, Connor Bedard. Those Blackhawks fans were pretty loud, and they were pretty excited. And they weren't obnoxious. I got to give them a lot of credit. Talked to a few of them at the draft, and uh, they were just really excited. And I don't blame them. They should be, yeah, for sure. As they should be. Awesome. That's That's like franchise changing. I do think the Blackhawks are going to show a few strides this upcoming season, not even just because of Connor Bedard. I think they're going to be a team that's not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be exciting. Yeah. They're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah. That's well, they kind of also, where I see Colorado. They also added Chicago, um, I mean. They also added Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall plays yeah. for him now. Um, yeah. He played he had some good stretches in Boston. Um, yeah, he was he played really well, and then they Nick Felino, which I mean, he's kind of. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be definitely an improved team. Mm -hmm. As I said, I got Winnipeg right now dead last in my power rankings for the division. I would put Chicago at seven, 
But I do think they're going to be an improved team, and they're going to be an interesting team. Yeah. And even not even judging off the standings, I think obviously with Connor Bedard, they're going to be a very exciting team to watch. They are as they don't really have, they don't have goaltending, they don't yeah. have a lot of defense. They're probably yeah. going to get scored yeah. on a lot. Yeah. But I think they're going to be one of the more exciting offensive teams in the league with a lot of young talent. Yeah, maybe top half of the league in um, in scoring. So, yeah. yeah, and the fans are super excited because they bought a bunch of season tickets as soon as as soon as they uh, found out they were going to be getting Connor Bedard. So, I yeah, think that Bedard's he's up he's up against so much pressure. Oh yeah, but that yeah, I, I think he's going to live up to it. I really do. He's yeah, he's I think a, grounded. I don't know. Yeah. I think a fair over-under total for Bedard in terms of points is assuming he doesn't have any type of an unfortunate injury that that sidelines him for a long time. I think it's fair to say that Bedard will probably at least crack 50 points. Yeah. That's kind of my benchmark for Bedard is 50 points. He seems he seems pretty laid back. Like they asked him at the draft, or like, you know, what you know, what do you think's about being drafted and all this stuff. And he's like, you know, I just want to get in there and, you know, hope, hopefully I'll make, make the, make the NHL squad. And I'm like, you're going to make the NHL squad. <laughs> you're definitely going to be playing night one for Chicago Blackhawks. Like don't even like think yeah. you won't, but it's just, this 50, is kind of humble. He can't go in there and go, Oh yeah, I'm going to be playing. And I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, do too. I do too. That's what I liked about it. So. So I got him 50 to 60 point range. He's going to live up to the hype, but it might not happen first season necessarily. Right. He's probably going to win the rookie of the year. It, it's that, that award's basically built for him. Yep. He would have to be an, an absolute bust or, or get injured for him to not win it. And obviously I hope that doesn't happen. I don't want to see yeah, that happen. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's be really fun. We, oh, I can't wait to watch him. You better believe that no matter who the Blackhawks are playing, I will be sitting on the couch watching Connor Bedard play. I cannot wait to watch that. Watch to see how he does, how he transitions to the NHL. It's going to be fun to watch. It's great for the league. And it's not just Connor Bedard. This entire draft class was so outstanding the talent. So we have to wait and see what happens with that. Also, we will be bringing you episode 193 next week. We'll finish We'll finish out the top 20 players in Fred's history. I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger on who my top 10 is going to be. Please leave a comment in the YouTube yep. channel and hit subscribe while you're there. Let me know how you, what you think about players 20 to 11. I like it. Also, hit, hit us up on Twitter. Hit the follow button or X. Uh, Twitter X. Twitter X. Sounds so dirty. It does. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't like that. Hit the follow button there. You can follow us on Facebook as well. Follow uh, myself and Rich as well. We love talking hockey with y'all. And we're happy to be back. We love you so much. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week. We are brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This has been Catfish on Ice, episode 192. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.